seated. Amen. Hey, everybody. Good morning. I am Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal. Glad to have you with us today. If you came in uh, since the uh, welcome and greet, uh, there's a connect card inside your bulletin. Take that out and fill that out uh, during our service. Nobody's going to harass you or bug you like Pastor Scott said. We just want to uh, send you a little uh, note of thanks for being here uh, with us today. And like Scott said, uh, today is Life Group Sunday, so it's a lot of fun, a little bit interactive, a little bit different. Uh, really, the only thing that's different during this entire service really is my message. Um, it's a little, it's a lot shorter uh, because we're going to take a field trip together here uh, in just a little bit. So let me go ahead and cut to the chase uh, and tell you what I want to see happen today. Uh, I want to challenge you uh, to get connected here today, and we believe here at Coastal that one of the best ways to get connected uh, to the body of Christ, uh, especially to Coastal, is through our what? Somebody say it. Our life groups. Obviously, it's Life Group Sunday. That was an easy answer. There you go. Um, but at Coastal, we believe foundationally that you and I were created for community, okay? We were created to do life together. We were made for relationships. Uh, nobody was meant to do life alone. Uh, in fact, in Genesis 2.18, it says, uh, it is not, this is God speaking, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, we were made to have this love relationship with God and then to live that out with one another, to do life with one another. And uh, we believe that church is not just something that you attend, okay? Uh, it's, it's not a place that you go to. It's a group of people that you're connected to, that you're a part of. So, really quickly, I'm going to explain to you today uh, some of the benefits of being connected and why, uh, why that's especially important to see happen within a small group of people. And then, we're going to actually give you an opportunity to make that decision today and get connected. We're, again, we're going to take a little field trip uh, to the tent uh, right outside, and you're going to have a chance to sign up for one of our life groups. So everybody do me a favor this morning. Everybody pull out this. This is your life group catalog, so to speak, inside your bulletin, and uh, it's for the fall semester. Our groups run on a semester basis. Uh, in fact, today, really what today is all about is uh, it kind of launches off kicks off uh, a month-long sign-up process. We basically have a month now to get, get you signed up for class, signed up for the new semester. Uh, the semester begins the week of September the 21st and ends around the beginning of December, about 10 to 12 weeks depending on your group. Now, if you open up the little catalog, uh, there's a list of all the different groups, when they meet, where they meet, a little bit brief description, and, uh, and then there's like a little code. Like, let's start with Monday. Uh, Monday night, there's a men's basketball group, and it says LGBB. Okay, that just stands for uh, probably basketball, I think. Okay, very good. Uh, it must be, because the next one is the Daniel plan, and it's DP. So, on your Connect card, you could easily just sign up for, on your Connect card, in fact, it says, sign me up for, you know, such and such a group. So, you could sign up today on your Connect card. You could also, uh, when we go outside, sign up literally, there is a, a table or a booth representing each one of these groups today. So what, what's going to happen at the end of the service, we're going to have plenty of time to do this. We're going to dismiss you, just the auditorium. But our children's ministry, they're going to go on just like normal. And, uh, but we're going to be done in here a little bit early. And we're asking you, do not disrupt or, inter or uh, interrupt. Uh, in other words, don't go get your kids early. Uh, because they have their, their normal uh, program. We want them to get the full experience of, of their children's ministry today. It's just here in the auditorium. Our service is going to end a little early. And so we're going to go out there. And then we'll let you know when it's time 
to go get your kids. We don't want you to leave your kids for us today. We do want you to go get them. Um, so like I said, there is a booth representing each one of these groups. And so at that booth, you might be able to meet your leader. Uh, you'll be able to learn a little bit more about your group. There's a place for you to sign up there. Uh, there's even snacks, uh, refreshments at all of the different uh, table. So that's awesome. Um, now, also in your bulletin, you'll notice you have a ballot, a little ballot sheet. You're going to take this with you, and we want you to vote on all of the booths outside. And so there's best overall booth, best snacks, most informative, most creative, and best sales pitch. And there are prizes involved for these people. So uh, make sure, and you know, Pastor Chris does have a booth outside, so, <laughs> so show, show me some love. Um, so anyway, uh, and then there's a little basket outside in the center table for these. So uh, today, again, really today's all about life groups. It's all about you uh, giving you an opportunity uh, to sign up, to check out the groups and sign up. And we'll have a month, uh, a month-long opportunity to do that. Also, maybe today you're, you know, you're still not sure. You got the catalog. You're going to see the booths. Uh, you can actually go to our website and uh, see this catalog online and then sign up online as well. You only have to sign up one time, one way, but you have multiple ways uh, to do that. So let's get started. Let's talk about why you should even get connected and what the Bible says be, uh, being connected looks like. Number one, uh, what is it like to be spiritually connected? The Bible says it's like being a brick in a building, a brick in a building. The Bible compares the church, you and I, to a spiritual building. In fact, look at Ephesians 2.20. It says this, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe, that's us, we are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles, that's you, okay, unless you're Jewish, uh, you Gentiles, you and me, we are also joined together as a part of this dwelling uh, where God lives by his spirit. We are, in other words, we're the house of God. We're, we're his temple. Now, have you ever, raise your hand if you ever had a house built. Maybe you built your house or you had a house built. You know, when you're walking through a house, it's very possible in the beginning that you see a lot of potential pieces of the building still not connected yet, right? They're on the floor. I mean, you can see pieces of wood, pieces of brick, metal, switches, wire boxes, all that kind of stuff. In the, in the process while the house is being built. Now, as long as they are disconnected, they're really not a part of the building. Now, they're in the building, but they're not really a part of it yet because they're not connected. Now, that, by the way, is an illustration of many of you today. Now, the, the truth is, Rowdy's, maybe some of you, you've been coming for a while, you know, you attend here, you kind of feel like this is the place that you're going to go if you go to church, but you're really not connected yet. You're not a part of the family. It's, it's like you're in the building. You're here, 460 Harlington Drive. You come regularly, you sing the songs, you sit, you listen, you say hello and goodbye to people as you meet them. You have a lot of acquaintances, but you're not really connected yet. You're not a participator. Now, that passage in Ephesians says that God is building this living building, this living temple, and it's going to last forever. But to be a part of it, you've got to get connected. Now, think about this for a second. Why in the world did God use a building, a physical building, as an illustration of what it means to 
to be spiritually connected? Well, I think at least one reason is because in a building, all of the connected parts support each other. Write that down. They support each other. I mean, look at this building right now for a second. We got the, you know, the, the center blocks, you know, they are supported. Uh, there's beams, there's a roof. I mean, one thing depends on another thing, and it all supports the whole. You know what? Support. That's one of the deepest needs of your life. Emotional support. Relational support. Physical support sometimes. You certainly need spiritual support. Let me ask you, where are you going to best get that if you're not connected to the family of God? Who's going to hold you up in the tough times? You know, who's going to, to be there when, when things are, are not going well? You need that support, just like a brick in a building. Nobody, nobody was meant to go through life alone. Nobody was meant to go through life unconnected, unsupported. And listen, again, I'm going to say this at each one of these points. I love what we do on Sunday mornings. You know, I love, I love attracting a crowd. I think that we ought to attract a crowd. We ought to try to attract as many people as possible so that we can lift up the name of Jesus and point people to him. But there's a problem with the crowd. You know, you don't necessarily receive the support that you need just because you come to the crowd. And so we believe here at Coastal, one of the ways, one of the best ways to get connected to, to be a part of the body of Christ is through our what? What's the answer today? Our life groups. I mean, listen, if you want support, if you want encouragement, be a part of a life group. Number two, it's like being a part of a body, a part of a body. I know I'm going to go fast today. Somebody in the last row is like, man, Pastor Chris, that's the fastest I've ever heard you preach. And I was like, yes, it is. Okay, so, but it's like being a part of a body. The Bible not only compares the church, uh, being a part of the church to a brick in a building, but it compares it also to being a part of the body. Over and over and over again in Scripture, you see the, uh, the church being called the body of Christ. Look at this passage in Romans chapter 12. It says this, just as our bodies, okay, our physical bodies, have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body, okay? He's talking about the church there. We are all parts of his one body, and each of us has a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we, what's, what does he say? We belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. Turn to the person next to you right now this morning and say, I need you. Go ahead and do that right now. Okay, to, and to all of the single adults this morning, you're welcome. There you go. Trying to, <laughs> trying to set you up here a little bit. We got some marriage proposals there. Um, okay. Let, let me unpack that, that verse for a second. The, the, what I'm going to list five things, five truths found in that, that verse in Romans. They're not on your outline, but you might want to write these off to the side. Just five truths found uh, in those two verses there in Romans. First of all, number one, notice that in the church, we're all different, okay? You might write, we're unique, okay? And nobody, you know, God doesn't want you to be like anybody else. He made you to be you. And we need you in the body of Christ. You're needed in the body of Christ as the creation that God made you to be. We need your personality, your sense of humor or lack of one, you know, your, uh, your gifts, your skills. You are unique. Number two, we all have a different role to play. Because we're all unique, we all have a different work to do. In a body, 
Not all parts of the body do the same thing, right? Could you imagine if all the parts of your body did the exact same thing? That would be redundant, uncomfortable, and unnecessary, and very weird, okay? Now, number three, we are all needed to make the body complete. Everybody is needed. You know, the foot could never say to the hand, I don't need you. The ear doesn't say to the nose, you're not necessary, I don't need you. All parts of a physical body are needed, and all the parts of Christ's body are needed. Now, I know what some of you think, because some of you just have a terrible sense of self-esteem or self-worth, and if that's true, listen, you ought to pick up last Sunday's message and listen to it, and be reminded of who you are in Christ, and what the Bible says about you. You have forgotten that. You've misunderstood what the truth of what, what God says about you, but some of you feel like you're just second-class citizens. You, you know, I say, hey, what are your gifts? Oh, Pastor Chris, I got no gifts. No talents, you know, you're like the Eeyore on the Winnie the Pooh. Oh, poor, poor pitiful me, you know, oh, you know, that kind of thing. And, and some of you feel like, well, it, if I were a part of the body, in the body of Christ, I'm just a toenail. You know, I'm just a, to, you know, I'm just, ne I'm necessary. Nobody, listen, have you ever lost a toenail before? I mean, that's hurt. That hurts. It's painful. The, and, and my point is this. Do not, do not misunderstand size and significance. You know, again, there's all different parts, all different functions, but they're all significant. They're all needed to, to play a part in the body of Christ. And then number four, we actually belong to each other. I mean, he says that there in Romans. We, we, are, we belong to each other and we need one another. And so in the, in the church, listen to me for a second, it's not just about believing. It's not enough for you to say, well, I believe in Christ. I believe in these great truths. The Bible says it's also about belonging. Where do you belong? Where have you made a commitment? What body are you a part of? We belong to each other. Number five, we all need to be connected to one another. You know, again, think about a body for a second. If, there, if a part of your body is disconnected, it, it is completely ineffective. I mean, if your eyeball is detached from your body, if your hand gets detached from your body, unless you're a zombie or something, okay, it, it is completely, you know, disconnected and ineffective. Now, here's the parallel. God wants you connected to a body. And, and unless you're connected, unless there's a place where you say, hey, this is where I'm committed to. This is my family. This is the body that I'm a part of. And listen, it's not good enough to say, well, I'm just a part of the, the universal body of Christ. I'm just a, a hand in the great big body. Listen, the Bible, the, the letters of the New Testament were written to specific churches in the New Testament. They were a part of a body of believers that they were connected to. People knew their names. And, and they, they were a part of a body. So if you're going to be effective, You've got to be connected somewhere. Now, why did God choose the body as an illustration of being connected? Well, because in a body, all the parts grow together. Write that down. They grow together. Now, again, I don't know how to be any clearer than this. You cannot be all that God wants you to be, and you cannot grow to be all that God wants you to be if you're detached from a body, from a spiritual home. Now, let me ask you this. What does growing up in Christ mean? I mean, if, if that's the purpose of a body, to grow, to be healthy, then what does it look like to grow to maturity and health in the body of Christ? What does maturity look like? Let me tell you what it's not. 
it's not just more information. You know, it's not just, now, the right information is good. Having good, sound theological truth, we have to have that. But if that's all you have, if all you have is information without transformation, you know what you are? You're a Pharisee. You're a hypocritical Pharisee because the very people that Jesus called, you know, wicked serpents, whitewashed tombs, you look pretty on the outside, but on the inside you're rotten to the core. It was the people who had all the information. But their lives weren't changed. Growing is becoming more and more like Jesus. That's growth. That's maturity. Look at Ephesians 4.13. It says this. That we will become mature and full grown in the Lord. Okay? So what does that mean? He says, well, it's measuring up to the full stature of Jesus. He says it's becoming like Christ. Now, that's the goal of spiritual growth. And guess what? It doesn't happen in a crowd. Again, I love Sunday morning. And you need to be connected to a body like a, like a part of the body is connected to a physical body. But we're not, you're not going to grow to full maturity just by sitting and listening to a lecture in a crowd. You've got to do life with people. You've got to walk out your faith. You've got to live out your faith. And it happens best in a small group of people. Number three, being spiritually connected is like being a sheep in a flock. A sheep in a flock. Uh, this is a, a pretty popular, uh, you know, illustration we see in Scripture. Psalm 100, I'm sure you've heard this. Uh, we are his people, the what of his pasture? The sheep of his pasture. Now, truthfully, at face value, that doesn't sound very appealing when you think about it. I mean, sheep are kind of smelly, kind of nasty. Um, but remember Psalm 23, verse 1, it says this. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. I have everything I need. When you're a part of a flock, the Lord meets your needs. Look at John 10, 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. They know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. That's how much you matter to God, by the way. You know, maybe for you, life groups is, you know, a whole other thought or an idea today, and you're, you're kind of in a hard time wrapping your, eye, your mind around getting involved with a group of people for a semester. But maybe you needed to hear you matter to God. And I don't know what your life is like, and I don't know your story, but I know God knows it. And you matter to him. You know, why did God choose a flock as an illustration of being connected? Well, one reason, because in a flock, the sheep are protected and cared for. Protected and cared for. That's one of the functions of the church. But you know what? We are way past the point of Pastor Chris being able to protect and care for everybody individually in this church. That's not going to happen. You know, but, but how is it going to happen? I mean, when you're getting beat up in the business world, I mean, when you're struggling, when your marriage and your family are strained to the limit, when you're facing a, a, a personal crisis, I mean, how, how are you going to make it? Who, who's, who in your life is going to walk into your life when everybody else around you is walking out? You know, we were not meant to face the crises of life alone. And yet, they're all going to happen. We know that life is life, and you're going to face some crisis in life. In fact, at some point, we're all going to lose a loved one. 
We're all going to experience great personal pain. And only a fool, only a crazy person would go through life totally unprepared for what you and I know is inevitable. And let me tell you something. Again, I love what we do on Sundays. I love the worship. I love preaching the gospel. I love proclaiming the name of Jesus. But if you want protection, if you want care, if you want support, the best place you're going to get that is in a small group of people. You know, how many of you um, have ever seen, uh, and maybe even in your own neighborhood, you have some of these signs up uh, where, where people kind of look out for one another, a neighborhood what? Neighborhood watch. Well, in a way, that's, that's a great little illustration of community. It says that, hey, in our neighborhood, we look out for one another here. We watch out for people here. We kind of take care of, you know, each other. We look out for our stuff. In fact, over this past summer, if you went out of town, you know, for a weekend or a week, I'm sure you called up a friend or a neighbor, get your mail, you know, take the garbage in or out or something like that, and just kind of look out for my stuff. Watch my stuff. Because we all want our stuff looked out for. Well, let me ask you a more important question. Who's looking out for your soul? I mean, is there anybody in your life that's helping you on your spiritual journey? Is there anybody in your life who's kind of, you know, holding you a little bit accountable to you growing in Christ? Is there anybody there that is kind of going to bat for you when you get depressed or discouraged and you feel like giving up and the storms of life are crashing in on you personally? Who are those four or five or six people in your life that will step in when everybody else is stepping out? And again, you don't need 100, you don't need 500, but you need four or five. The last image of being connected to the body of Christ is one I'm sure you're familiar with, and we talk about it all the time here at Coastal. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, favorite images, uh, number four, it's like being a member of a family. Being a member of a family. The Bible calls the church the family of God. We are a spiritual family. 1 Peter 3.15 says, uh, Paul said, hey, if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. Some translations say God's family, which is the church of the living God. So he says the church is God's family. So how, what is, what's the answer? How, how are we to conduct ourselves as member of God's family? Well, he tells us in Romans 12, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Maybe you remember growing up in a church back in you know, the, the day, kind of old school, where people called one another in the church, you know, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. It seems kind of antiquated now to us, but, but, but in reality, that's how we are to treat one another, as brothers, as sisters, because we're a part of a family. Now, that little phrase there, one another, man, you see that all throughout Scripture. In fact, it's used 58 times in the New Testament, where we're to love one another care for one another, support each other, uh, give to one another, help one another. Because that's what a family does. Now why did God choose the family as an illustration of being connected to the family of God? Well, number four, because in a family, the members love each other. They love each other. Now I don't know if you've, if you've been through our membership class, we talk about this, because this is one of the commitments that you make as being a part of the Coastal family. Uh, and that is, we make a commitment to love one another. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, you're never going to get on each other's last nerve here. That doesn't mean that you're, we're not going to drive one another crazy. But we've made a commitment to love each other. And by the way, that's what love is, right? It's a commitment. It's a choice. 
In fact, a great definition of love, of agape love, is a decision, a choice, a commitment to treat somebody the way you would like to be treated, regardless of how you feel or how they respond. That's agape love. To treat somebody the way you would want to be treated, regardless of how you feel or how they respond. Now, that doesn't mean that in the church we, we have to be everybody's best friend. You know, that doesn't mean that uh, you have to, um, you know, hang out with everybody in the church. It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that we've made a commitment to one another to love each other. You know, you might not like somebody from time to time, but we love, but we love one another here. That's a family. You know, that's what a family should be about. And I know the family is is being torn apart today like never before. We have a, a real low value today of, of that commitment and that choice that we make to treat each other a certain way. But that's what we should be doing. And that's, that's what the body of Christ should be doing. And let me tell you something. The best way to live that out is, again, not in a crowd. It's just not. It's possible that you could keep coming here to Coastal and sing the songs and hear the messages, but still not really have that sense of, of deep love because you've not you've not you didn't get connected you know you, you've not become yet a part of the family and what I'm saying is that you know everybody at some point in their life needs this you know four or five people in your life that you consider to be lifelong friends that you can do life with and it's hard to find that in a crowd but you can find it in a small group I want to close with one question why would, you, why would you waste even one more day being disconnected? When in the family of God, in the church, and in a small group potentially, God wants to meet all of your needs. Look back at this outline. Love, protection, care, growth, support. The best place to do that is in the family of God and through a small group. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray today that you're going to check out our groups, you're going to find one that maybe you're going to step out in faith and uh, get involved, and I promise you, not that you're, you know, that, you know, that's going to be, that group of people is going to be your best friends for life, but over time, I guarantee you're going to meet some people that you can do the spiritual journey of life with. So I'll bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today for our time together. Thank you for our life group leaders, the ministry of our small groups, the, the, the role that it plays in, in connecting one another and growing one another, support and protection and care and love and, and growth, all those things. God, the end result is that we will become more and more like Jesus. And uh, so just thank you, Father, for our time. And I pray that there are people here today who are, who are praying about and are ready to commit to making coastal their home, not just being in the building, but being a part of the body here. We love you, Father, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, we're going to continue in worship today by giving you an opportunity to take the Lord's Supper. Uh, all around the room, uh, there are tables, and at those tables, you'll find pieces of bread and cups of juice, and they are symbols, they are illustrations of the body and the blood of Christ. And uh, in, in the Bible, Jesus institutes this meal, and he tells us to do this in remembrance of him. I don't know about you, but I, I forget a lot of things. What's crazy is I forget little things, but sometimes I even forget big things. And 
you know, I just think it's one of those things that the Lord doesn't want us to go too long and too far into, into this life, into our week, without really remembering what life is really all about. It's about Jesus. It's about his sacrifice for us. It's about the gospel. And that's what this meal is all about. So when you're ready, when you feel prepared, you can go by yourself, uh, take the emblems and come back to your seat, or you can go as a group, by the way, as a family, with friends, with a life group, with a ministry team. And when you, take, when you get the emblems, just step aside, make room for other people, and uh, be eternally grateful today for what Jesus did on the cross so that we might have community with him and we might have a love relationship with the Heavenly Father. So when you're ready, let's take the Lord's Supper.
Faultless stand before the throne. 